Welcome back to the SEM podcast. Jack Bryce and Zach Hewlett are here today hosting, and today we're joined by our friend Jeff Webb. Jeff, it's great to have you. What part of the world are you calling from tonight? I live in Canada. I'm in British Columbia, uh, right near the border, just above the Idaho panhandle, a little town called Creston. Very nice. Are you from there originally? I can't. I don't know if I, if I asked you that before. No, um, I mean I'm from Canada originally, but <laughs> but not Creston. No, okay. I was born in Alberta, uh, much further north in Grand Prairie. Okay, very cool. Well, we're great uh, grateful that you made some time for us tonight. Just to give you a recap of what we'll do with the podcast, uh, we talk about life before the mission and your reaction of getting your call to serve in Scotland. Then we'll go over the mission and talk about life since you've come home from your mission. And then we'll go back through Scotland and reminisce and uh, talk about areas, companions, and all the in-between. So I'll turn the time to you, Jeff, and uh, you have the floor, my friend. So you want to know about life before the mission to start. Okay. Um, well, let's see. I... I left on my mission. It was April 2002. So before that, um, okay. I wasn't a member of the church for very long. Okay. I, uh, I was a convert. Um, I The first time I actually met the missionaries, I'm trying to think what year that would have been. So I joined in 2000. Um, on my birthday, I, made, I wanted to make it easy to remember. So my birthday was coming up. I said, let's baptize me on the 10th of August. So I'll always remember. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I think I had met them at least two or three years prior to that, but I was walking down the street and going to work and the elders were calling me and I turned around and I thought, do I, do I know these guys? Okay. So I walked back and then I, re I realized they were missionaries, and I thought, oh, great. <laughs> I ended up, I, I chatted with them, and I don't, I didn't want to say no. I kind of did, but I was like, oh, sure, you can come to my house and teach me more. I, I have to get to work. And so they, they did, <laughs> and my parents walked in when they were giving me like a first discussion and I got really embarrassed. My, my, a lot of my mom's side is Jehovah's witness. So they've had like a lot of religion try to be like pushed on them. Yeah. Interesting. So, so they're like, Oh, interesting. They didn't really care. They were just a little surprised. And after that, I didn't meet with them, but I did have friends that were in the church. Now, I didn't really know anything about the church, to be honest, although I do remember the commercials. That was like all I knew about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is they had cute family commercials. Um, ironically enough, the church itself was actually, if I went out my backyard, it was kitty corner across the street, and I still had no idea that that was the church. Um, Wow. So I didn't pay that close attention, but I had friends that were on, on a swim team with me and uh, they ended up sharing it with me. And uh, I met with the missionaries and this was back when they would have booklets and they would just read right out of a booklet 
mm-hmm. telling me like the discussion. And then they would look up and they say, how does that make you feel? And I'd be like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. I don't feel anything. So because they're telling me about, I'd never heard of the Book of Mormon. I'd never heard of Joseph Smith. And I was like, eh, I don't know. And they they did share with me, you know, the the promise that Moroni gave about praying. So I was at work and I was like, well, if the church is true, I should join because if it is God's church, I'd be stupid not to join. But if it's not true, then I'm just going to keep living my life as I've been living it and we'll go from there. So on my break, I was by myself. Um, I was a, I was a, a, a sandblaster, so I was dirty. The lunchroom was upstairs. I was sitting in a chair that was ripped out of a van. And I was like, well, I should just pray and ask. And I'll get my answer one way or the other. And so I, I just prayed to know if if the book was true and if Joseph was a prophet, Joseph Smith. And I, I hadn't even read the book, but, you know, I I didn't feel I needed to. I could be told if it was true or not without reading it. Hmm. And I I instantly got flooded with heat and I started to cry. And I, I was like, why am I crying over a guy in a book? So I, I figured <laughs> something was real there. So I was like, okay. And I felt really light. And unfortunately, I had to go back to work and finish my shift before I could tell anyone. And I rode my, I, I didn't have a car at the time. So I rode my bike uh, to my friend's house and I shared the experience. And right away, his mom told me, she said, never forget that. Always remember that feeling you had, every little detail of that experience, so that anytime you you feel your your faith is in question, you can recall that. And that that was the best advice I ever had. Because there's a few times where I was kind of, uh, and then I thought, no, I've gotten an answer. Don't throw that away. So it's kept me strong. So at that time, though, I'd already served. Okay, so yeah, then I, I told the elders, and I was like, okay, I want to be baptized. So like before the second discussion even started, and there, and I said, my, my birthday is in like, I think it was like a week or something. And I was like, I, I want to be baptized then. And they're like, oh, uh, so they're trying to plan how to finish off all the discussions and get my interviews. And <laughs> they were really excited. Um, to me, I just thought this is what happened with everyone. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, and then you learned otherwise. Yeah, later, learned. Right? <laughs> but yeah. And so I, I had, uh, I'm trying to remember. So that was in 2000. And I, um, I think, yeah, I'd already done a year of college. Had I? Yeah. And so I, I, I did another year and everyone kept asking, like, are you going to serve a mission? And I was like, no, <laughs> like I'm not, I, I've, I know I'm going to university or I'm in college. It's transfer to university. No, I'm not. And, uh, then eventually, like, I did transfer. I went to Edmonton to continue doing my my degree. Um, and 
I waited and I was like, what's going on? It's like already into September and I haven't heard anything from the U of A. And then they call me and they're like, hi, just want to let you know, we have received your papers and they were stamped received, but then they got lost. They're like, this like never happens, but we found them, but it's too late for you to join this semester. You'll have to join next semester. I was like, oh, okay, great. <laughs> so at that time I was just hanging out with, with, the YSA and almost every girl I met, they kept asking me if I'd serve a mission. And I was like, no, I'm pretty new. And they'd go, Oh, okay. Bye. And then like leave. But I did meet this one girl that I I mentioned, I was like, well, I haven't served a mission. So you probably don't want to get too close to me. And she looked at me and she's like, I know lots of return missionaries who are absolute jerks. Serving a mission doesn't make you a better person. So I don't care. And I was like, Oh, and right, just that one statement that she gave, it's like the wall came down because I'd built it up. Everyone was like, you have to, you have to, you have to. I was like, no, I don't. It should be my choice. And so her giving me that option saying, I'm okay if I don't actually made me want to. So then huh. I just kept working and I saved up. And by the time I, oh, you want to know how, okay. So I, 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 I applied, I got my mission call. And my, none of my family are members. So I invited over my friend and his sister to, to hear. And I, I've never, I didn't know the tradition. I didn't know you're supposed to just start and read and everyone finds out at the same time. So I read it in my, to myself. And then I, I looked up and I was like, okay, guess where I'm going? And they're like, that's not how you do it. You're supposed to read it out loud to everyone. No one told me. So, so yeah, it was pretty, pretty cool. Everyone, uh, you know, one of them thought, oh, I thought you'd be going to Japan. I was like, I can't hardly speak French. I'm not going to learn Japanese. <laughs> uh, Scottish was hard enough going over there. So, um, anyway, so yeah, I, I, I learned about it and I hadn't saved up anything. And, uh, the, the Bishop was like, it's okay. We'll help take care of your mission fees. Cause my parents were like, I'm not paying for you to go on a mission. <laughs> so I was yeah. on my own and I didn't have any money. So, um, mm -hmm. they helped me with that. And that was great. That's amazing. Uh, so, yeah. And then, so, so at this point, you're two years into the church, or just about, right? You said you got baptized in August. It was, yeah. So it was a year and a half. Okay. Wait. So yeah, because it was it was April of 2002. So it was August of 2000. So then 2001 would have been a year, and then April. Yeah. So it was a year and a half that I went yeah. on my mission. Now I I grew up Anglican, but what does that mean? nothing it means uh, occasionally we might go to a christmas mass it had been forever sure uh, wearing a suit every day and praying well i'm praying I, I was getting used to but like teaching the gospel every day like it was it was going from like standing still to like racing and that was it was a big transition it was it was hard for me to get used to wow <laughs> That would be quite the transition. I can only imagine. Yeah. So, so April of 2002, did you return home April of 2004 then? Yep. Yep. I did. Okay. Okay. Well, let's skip over the mission and let's go to April of 2004. What has life led you through 
uh, to that point, I mean, we're almost 20 years from that time. I'm because I'm sure you can't believe that. Yeah. I remember being sad because I just missed the, I was able to see the first Lord of the Rings movie and I just missed the, the third one, I think was that. Yeah. <laughs> it just left theaters like a week after I got home or a week before I got home. <laughs> I was like, ah, <laughs> I was like, I can quickly catch up with the second one and go to the theaters. No, it's it's out, it's gone. <laughs> so, but yeah, so I uh, I ended up meeting uh, uh, my wife in um, October. It was right before a. Um, oh no! Wait, it was like the day I didn't go to it. It was the day after a Halloween dance. So I I went somewhere else with a buddy of mine who wasn't a member. We went to watch like a movie or something. Um, yeah, so we started dating, uh, and then you know I think it was in January I I proposed and we were married by the following August. So we were married in uh, August of two thousand five. Um, awesome. We've had three kids, okay, but cool. unfortunately. Like, so her whole family's less active and she had gone less active. Uh, and then she came back and I had met her once she came back and she told me, she's like, I knew something was missing and I realized it was the gospel. So I really liked that. I, I was like, that's great. She's got a strong testimony. Um, but as life progressed and where we ended up, we like Creston was where she grew up and I ended up getting a job here. And I don't know if it was the influence of her family because her, her dad is a little anti and her sister definitely doesn't like the church. She's married to a guy who hates all religion. So um, there's, there's some other complications too, but I never thought she would like lose her faith, but she did. She ended up like flirting with other guys and, uh, she she left me and the church, and now we're divorced. Unfortunately, like that was two years ago. Um, but my so I could have gone two ways. Obviously, I could have been like, "What's the point?" and just spiraled. Or, thankfully, you know, I I prayed for help, and um, basically, like I felt broken, and I felt I felt the weight lift off me, kind of like Heavenly Father was like. You're going through enough. Let me help you out here. Let me lighten your load. And uh, I was able to find renewed faith and strength in the gospel. And uh, with my kids, like right now, my oldest is turning 17 this year. My he's so that's uh, my son. My daughter is turning 15, and my youngest son is turning 12. And uh. They they definitely go to church when I, like I make sure even when they're staying with her, I'll go and pick them up and take them to church. Like I I've asked her a couple times when I wasn't in town to take them and she just doesn't. Hmm. So I make sure they they go, um, and I you know I give them the option they don't have to go, but I I you know obviously I want them to and 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 I would say ninety over ninety five percent of the time they do unless they're sick or just really not in the mood which is fine but they go enough you know and just trying to be a positive role model for them in the gospel and um yeah just in life in general so 
trying to make sure that that they understand that I feel that what they think and feel matters and I want their opinion. Like I'm right now they're at their mom's. We go two weeks on, two weeks off. When they come back, actually I was planning on on discussing with them what we could do to do extra um gospel things in the home, how they feel that I could do better as a parent, kind of like just a family discussion. I guess the same idea you'd have with like a companion on your mission where you just hey, what's the bothering fa- the family inventory as opposed yeah, to yeah, family inventory, inventory, right? <laughs> right. So. That's awesome. Good for you. I'm sure there's lots of challenges that come along with that, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, I admire your continued faith and encouragement of your kids to continue to explore that because it's such a weird time in their lives to try and figure out what's up and down and left and right, uh, uh, you know, beyond the the ideas of what uh, what is the the hereafter and all the different spiritual things that come along with it as well. So yeah. Well, good. Well, um, come come back to April of 2002 and you can start with your experience uh, in the MTC or oh, you can okay. go straight to the, the mission home in Edinburgh, whichever you'd like. Um, but yeah, just carry on with your mission and your memories, areas you served in, companions you served with. Well, I remember um, trying to or, or thinking that I felt old because <laughs> I was like, <laughs> elders, elders normally leave when they're 19 and and i was already halfway through being 21 i'm like usually they're back by my age sure um, and it was funny because like you know how satan will try to like work work on you like when i finally did put my papers in and i was getting ready all of a sudden i had this strong urge that i needed to get married and have kids and it doesn't sound like that would come from Satan, but the idea of like, you shouldn't serve a mission. You should be trying to start a family. Hmm. And I, that, that was a weird thought to me. I was like, Oh man, that means I won't be able to have kids for like another couple of years. And it was something that I kind of struggled with a bit, but I, I got through it obviously. And, and realized what I needed to do. I'm, I'm the kind of person that once I start something, I like to see it through. So luckily I'd already made up my mind that I was going. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when I got, so the MTC, it was in England. Um, I had a, I had a good time there. It was, it was weird though. Cause like I said, the, the, the culture was, I still wasn't used to it, you know? Yeah. And I, I was very much used to isolation because my siblings are both like my sister eight years older than me and my brother's four and a half years older than me. So I had been living with just my parents and I since I was like 14 okay. and my parents lots of times because I was the youngest and I was the last one and they trusted me as a teenager, they would go wherever they'd go on vacation sometimes for like two weeks and just make sure the fridge was stocked and be like, okay, see ya. <laughs> and, I, and I loved it. I was on a competitive swim team. So I, I, I kept busy doing that and school and that's basically like my life swim school come home relax watch tv so <laughs> being always being with a companion i was like oh i just want to be alone but <laughs> that that was tricky <laughs> um there 
there was some like really good memories in there. And unfortunately I don't remember a lot of names and I'll tell you like when I got home, I had all my missionary stuff, all my high school stuff and, and earlier schools like sports stuff in, in this Rubbermaid bin. And there was a, a flood. I lived in a place with a crawl space. Uh, no. And normally the crawl space only got like an inch or two of water, but this flood happened overnight when we were sleeping. And when I looked in there in the morning, it had floated the bin and tipped it over. So the water got in there. So oh, no. everyone's address, everyone's names, all my paper clippings from my sports from 15 years, 14, no, 14 years of, of swimming, like any kind of like thing that I had won or yeah, uh, it was all ruined. Wedding stuff was in there. So I I can't remember, like I have pictures in my photo album, but I can't remember most of their names. <laughs> Um, we'll, we'll do the best to help you, Jeff. Yeah, I. Uh, so I can't remember the 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 elders from the MTC because you know you only there for a couple weeks, three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, it was okay. They were much younger than me, and mm-hmm. at that time the the South Park movie had just come out, Blame Canada, and a boot, a boot. So I was getting that a lot, and I was like, oh, just leave me alone. <laughs> so yeah I, I was not enjoying that that was that was kind of annoying and i'll tell you as well like i i my household was if you want to be heard you got to be louder so and there's a lot of like aggression so i was like really holding back punching some of those guys in the face because like i didn't grow up in the gospel like gotta be gotta just calm down i was like <laughs> I'm gonna get sent home here soon. <laughs> so. Hey, some of us that grew up in the gospel have those same feelings, Jeff. So don't don't worry about yourself. You know, okay. It's just getting, like you said, getting used to being constantly attached to another man is yeah. uh, is a different thing altogether. Yeah. Well, when I finally got out on my mission, my my companion, I do remember my trainer. His name was Aaron Smith. Okay. Um, he, he was from Canada. He was from Halifax. For sure. That's where the, yeah. And the, he worked on the temple grounds. He was like a gardener there. So that was cool. That's cool. Um, very hard worker. Uh, he taught me a lot. Uh, it was really interesting. I like going, hopefully, I don't know who's going to be watching this. If they can figure out who this the, the second companion I had, just I'll come back to Aaron, but the second companion I had was from England and he only had like six weeks left. And he was like, eh, he's like, <laughs> so I went from like, go, 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 doing everything. I was like, okay, this is how everyone does it to like, well, whatever, you know, we can like go over here and just relax and like, <laughs> and I, I, I'm probably going to be giving away too much here, but like I had a few companions where we ended up like playing video games and watching movies at people's houses when we shouldn't have. So yeah, like breaking rules, but I was like, whatever, I'll just follow your lead. I was just glad to be on a mission. I was like, we should probably try to teach someone, uh, which we did. We did teach. Um, right. <laughs> I don't want to give away negative experiences, but I, sometimes I feel that when people get up and they talk about their missions, they're like, it's the best thing ever. We're always teaching. I'm like, I didn't always teach sometimes I had companions where we didn't even leave the place for the entire day. 
You know, sometimes we just hung out at less active people's houses all day and just like watched some shows and just hung out with them. I'm not proud of that, mm -hmm. but it happened. Um, so I'm wondering how many other missionaries did that. I'm like, maybe, maybe that's why my wife left me. Cause they they're always like, however hard you work on your mission is how great your wife's going to be. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. You know that that old. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever heard that one, but I remember hearing that one when I was out there. Um, but <laughs> I, yeah, I Aaron, Aaron was was great. Elder Smith, I guess, is what he was then. But he he was very very hard worker, and he he taught me a lot um, uh, how to how to plan. Well, the one thing. One thing I got to say that I was not happy about is he uh, he always liked to push right to the time because at that time we didn't have cell phones. You know, we had to be back in the flat to get the call because the zone leaders are going to call you like at nine o'clock. And if you weren't there, they're like, where were you? Why weren't you in, in your flat? You're supposed to be home. Um, and he would he would wait. And I'm like, it's quarter to nine. And we're still knocking on doors. What if someone actually wants to have like a long conversation? We won't have time to get home. So yeah, that, that was one thing. So we'd like run a lot with full backpack, <laughs> some warming and like church shoes. I'm like my knees. I, I blame that on my knees getting wrecked. <laughs> so, but otherwise, yeah, it was a lot of good work. We uh, had a lot of, a lot of cool people in that area. Um, what area were you in? Oh, I guess. Yeah. Sorry. That was Aberdeen was my first area. Oh, nice. And the, actually it's funny. Like the Bishop and his family were from Calgary, Alberta. Um, he worked with oil. So that the was pain, so the simple. pains, right? Uh, no, wait, it was no was Chris, Chris Payne. Mm -mm. I know he's Canadian. Uh, <laughs> trying to, uh, I, I, I know you're a little bit older than me, Jeff. So it could be another one of those. Well, he, yeah, he left while I was there. They ended up going home. Oh, okay. Yeah. They, they went home only a couple months after I was there. I think I was like three months later. They ended up leaving. Okay. Um, then I, I've just, like, I, I do remember like, one of his daughters, Jenna, once they left, she started writing me letters. I was like, oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, that was okay. Um, there you go. Yeah. Made an impression. I like it. Yeah, apparently. So I'm trying to think. I ended up serving in six different areas there. Um, my next one, I ended up going to Greenock. That was that was an interesting area because it was a ward and then down the coast was a branch and then across on an island was another branch. But when I got there, both branches had shut down and the ward had shrunk to about maybe eight to 12 active members. So it was like a full ward building with just a few people. I've, I've never seen such a small congregation. So, and there was, so there was us as missionaries and then there was a senior missionary couple as well. And the guy that was the Bishop, he told me, he's like, 
I was baptized, and about a week later, they called me as bishop. And uh, I've been bishop ever since. And it was something like four or five years because there was like no other men in the ward that could be a bishop. Wow. So yeah, that was that was, that was an interesting area. Um, ah, it's been so long since I've thought about some of these places. I don't know what kind of stories you're like looking for. <laughs> Whatever you feel like sharing. Whatever I feel like sharing. I think honestly, I wanted to talk about like the 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 coolest um interaction I had, I guess, with with someone that we taught was a refugee from uh Turkey. And her name was, I remember her name because it was very unique. It was Gulahan Bulbul. So B-U-L-B-U-L. I was like, that's a fun name. And so we, my companion and I were looking over old records. And we're like, well, let's look at some of the people that have been taught and just try to recontact them, see if they want to still continue. Mm -hmm. And we went to this one high rise to see if we could find this guy. And this lady was in the elevator with her two sons. And she's like, uh, you're here to see me. And we're like, I don't think so. Uh, what's your name? And so she said, and we're like, no, we're going to go see this person, but where do you stay? Maybe we can visit you on the way back. She's okay. So she gave us her apartment number and we went up there and the guy wasn't there. So we thought, well, let's just stop back. And one of her sons was like 12. The other one, I think was seven or eight. Um, she spoke very choppy English, but her 12 year old was fluent and the youngest didn't speak English like at all, <laughs> but we ended up teaching her and her oldest would, would translate. And it was great because we'd be teaching, um, uh, gospel principles and she would not quite understand and she would say it one way and he'd say, no, 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 like this. And you like, explain it. And it's like, this is great. He is like being taught and teaching. This kid is going to like memorize all of this stuff. That's cool. And we, we were able to get her a book of Mormon in Turkish and she flew right through it. Um, <laughs> and she wanted to be baptized, but they, they didn't have status yet. They were still waiting. They were refugees, so they didn't know if they'd be sent back or not. So um, she wanted to be baptized, but she didn't want her oldest. Even though he wanted to be baptized, she was like, if we get sent back, it could be very dangerous for him to be a Christian. Because she's like, we're, we're Muslim, but we don't read the Quran. And I was like, I didn't, I didn't realize there were some that didn't read the Quran. She's like, yeah, we don't. Hmm. Okay. Um, and it was really in, like in her interview with the was it the was it the bishop that does the interview? I'm trying to remember. I think so. District leader. Yeah. One of well, one of the, they kept. Well, I think it, we also had like the bishop do it too because she was a refugee. Because we yeah we did have like district leaders or zone leaders or something. Because I think I was a district leader at that point, and we had a zone leader do it, and then the bishop wanted to because he was like, well, she was Muslim. I got and so he must have asked her like half a dozen times he's like so you you believe in christ yes you believe that he's the son of god yes like the savior like <laughs> he's he's our god yes <laughs> yes i understand yes i believe <laughs> he's like i know it's true oh man so yeah it was great um 
so I got to baptize her and unfortunately the, the heater had broke. So the water was freezing in the front. <laughs> and I think it was her. Yeah. The first time she went down, her dress came up. <laughs> so I had to dunk her twice, like tuck that dress between your legs so that it doesn't float up. <laughs> so yeah, we, we got, we got her baptized and, uh, and she started, you know, taking the new member discussions, but then I, I got transferred. That, I think that was in Glasgow, by the way, uh, one of the areas in, near Glasgow. But I remember hearing that she had been denied and her and her sons had to get sent back to Turkey. Oh, and I man. haven't heard from her ever again. I have no idea what happened to them. Hmm. So she's been on my mind constantly ever since I left my, my mission. Or even since I, I heard that, I was like, oh, how do I contact her? I have no idea how. So if wow. anyone knows her, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that, that was a, a fun, interesting time was getting to know her and getting to eat some of, some of her food. I did feel bad because, you know, they say you're, sp anything they give you, you just eat. And, you know, I took that <laughs> to heart when I was on my mission, you eat it and you eat it all. So that's why I gained like 40 pounds. But um, she gave us this one drink, and it was so gross. Um, it was like it was like water and and plain yogurt or something like that. And it just was like like I I almost wanted to puke. <laughs> and her her sons were just like like drinking it like it was it was the best thing in the world. But both me and my companion were like. <laughs> like you don't like it we're like no <laughs> it's the only thing i ever said no to on my mission everything uh, else the food was fantastic but that one drink was just gross um <laughs> i tried i mean i even had a lady that would always cook us she was a senior uh in my first area and she had us over like every week and she'd always cook the same thing it was like a pizza with like fish and chip chips on it and Brussels sprouts. And then she'd put like salt and vinegar on the pizza. <laughs> That's not about right. <laughs> yeah. That's Scottish way, right. So I, uh, I remember like, well, I'm not crazy about Brussels sprouts, but if there's enough salt and vinegar on them, I guess I can choke that down. So yeah. I, having the chips on there was actually pretty good. I like that, but yeah. It was a whole whole meal in a slice of pizza, right? Pretty much, yeah. I I I did like haggis, though. I got to tell you, I don't know. Did, did you guys enjoy haggis? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Everyone's like, oh no, it's ghost. I even I still have a friend from Scotland. She I met her in my first area. She was a member of the ward, um, and she was she ended up going on a mission, but she had to come home due to uh, health complications. She's in the States right now. And we just recently, like she found me on Instagram, I think. And I was chatting with her and I told her how much I loved Haggis. And she's like, oh no, Haggis is gross. I'm like, you're Scottish. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. I love Haggis. So yeah. It's definitely how it's prepared. You know, the the stuff from the can is is whatever. It it is it's oh, I never like, had the can. 
Oh, it's it's not it's not the same as when they actually do it the proper way, yeah. like on a burn supper night. You know, yeah. it's, it's yeah. a little bit it's a it's like, much different. Frozen frozen haggis from little is not the same. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I went and bought haggis some... haggis pasty is not the same either. <laughs> I bought one that was like already pre-made at a, like a, a butcher's or something like that. And when I brought it home, I, I also had like some wraps, like burrito wraps. So I made like burritos with it was good. It was like spicy burritos. Was, yeah, yeah. That sounds good. Yeah, it was fantastic. So I got my family to eat it when we went back by getting it from a chippy deep fried. And that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, and that is that I do miss that. I miss all the fish and chips. Anywhere you went, there was this fish and chips fresh and another reason why i gained so much weight is everything's deep fried you guys ever try the deep fried mars bar oh yeah yeah you, you had to yeah i did it i did it once in my first area and i was like that tastes great and then five minutes later i was like oh my gosh my <laughs> stomach it was like a brick just like it's like i don't know if i'm gonna do that again it was good <laughs> yes indeed yeah. Uh, hmm. Jeff, do you know? Do you have any other memories of uh, other companions that you served with besides your first companion? Yeah, I had a really cool. I, mean, I had lots of good companions. Um, I did like so. Yeah, there's there's a second companion from England. He was an easygoing, nice guy. Like I said, I can't remember names. My third one, unfortunately, that that poor guy he didn't want to be on a mission. He's like, my parents made me go. So he didn't want to do anything. Oh man. Um, so we stayed inside a lot cause I can't go out on my own. I finally convinced him to go out and he was like, fine. So we left and we're knocking on doors and we got in and we were teaching a guy and I was trying to answer all the questions, but keep in mind, I hadn't even been a member for two years yet. And the only thing I'd ever read was the book of Mormon once I hadn't read the Bible. I hadn't read the Doctrine and Covenants. I, hadn't, I, I didn't study things. I couldn't recall scriptures, you know, so all this stuff. So he's asking questions and I'm not sure how to answer it. And I look over at him and he just goes, and he refused. Oh, to man. And I was like, well, what was that? He's like, well, you want me to answer a question on? And he had, cause it was, it was like a weird question, but it was like, well, yeah, we got to try to like answer some of this stuff. And oh man, and he just he refused. So I was like, what is the point? And I just remember, that's, that's I remember terrible. when I got transferred there, like the, the mission president was like, you're a new convert. And you've got, you know, you've got a, the, the spirit really strongly with you. I just know you can get this guy out. And I'm like, I, don't know. <laughs> I can't <laughs> I don't know what to do. So all we, we like played a lot of games, a lot of board games. That was about it. I remember the bishop saying, because our flat was like where the road was. There's like a traffic circle right there and and our window. And he would just sit in the chair and like stare at the window. And my the bishop would be like, so I saw Elder so-and-so. I came in like sitting in the chair again. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> trying. Oh, we man. left to go to That's dinner. Rough. It was it was rough. But then the 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 guy that came, so he he was from the States. And then the next guy after him was from the States as well. So bad with names. It's forever ago. It's over 20 years, I guess. I can give myself a break. But this guy was like tall. He was like 6'5". So I'm only six feet tall. He's bigger than me. 
Um, but thankfully, he had a good work ethic because I had spent, I think I'd spent like three months with that other guy. So that was rough. So yeah. I had lost my ability, I felt like, to like actually work. So this guy came in and he was like, no, let's work. And it was close to Christmas time, I remember. And we uh, got out and did a bunch of um, uh, teaching and it was great. We, we taught a lot of people. Uh, we didn't have any baptisms in that area, but at least we were working. But I do have an experience with him that was it was an unfortunate one but it is definitely one that stuck in my memory so we were going to a dinner appointment and there was this group of kids and do you guys recall the term neds did you ever use that term oh yeah neds? absolutely these were neds so <laughs> they they were young i think the oldest one might have been like 13 and they were short. It's like, it's felt like a lot of Scottish people were short, but these kids were short. They came up maybe like their head was like to my shoulders. And they knew we were elders uh, because, I mean, missionaries have been there forever. And so they were like trying to chat with us and they were making fun of us. And they, they said some pretty rude things about the Savior. And I'm just trying to ignore them. And my companion looks and he's like no i think that's your mom and i was like i, I, I laughed <laughs> i couldn't believe he said that but i was like <laughs> and then they left they're like oh good riddance kind of you know should love all everyone but i i had trouble with that um <laughs> but uh then they came back with like rocks and i was like uh oh so they started like chucking them at us and we kind of lost them. And then we, we were able to get into this dinner appointment. Well, it was like a week later, we had an appointment to go teach this guy and we went to his apartment complex and there was like probably four buildings in this one area. And he was up in the middle and we got to the entrance to, to walk in and, and get to his building and this is, keep in mind, this is like a distance away. Um, I can't think in miles, but it was something like three or four kilometers. So which is a couple miles, um, two to three miles distance. These kids lived in that area. So <laughs> they confronted us and one of them pulled out a knife. And I'm just thinking like, because I told you I had a bit of a temper and I was just like, I can't believe I'm being threatened by kids. If it wasn't for this badge, I would put you on the ground because they were just so small. And but we, we walked past them and we're like, oh my gosh. And they started like throwing rocks at us and they just, it's, it's like, you know, they play soccer, so they don't know how to throw anything. They don't use their hands. So, so it's, true. <laughs> it, everything's going wide. And I, I'm like, I just feel like kind of sticking them with something. So I was like, yeah, you throw like a bunch of girls. And I shouldn't have, because I think Heavenly Father was like, nah, you're on your own. Because all of a sudden, their aim got much better. And I started, I got hit a couple times. I was like, ah, oh, man. Should have kept my mouth shut. And my companion was like, because like our our appointment was right there. And he's like, we can't go in there. We can't lead them to where he lives, and then we'll be trapped. 
So we kept walking. But while this is happening, it's like all the other kids are, are, are like magnetized to this. And like, well, that looks like fun. They're throwing rocks at people. So a little group built and built. And all of a sudden, rocks are being thrown by everyone. And it oh must have been like, it started off with about four kids. It ended up being like 15 to 20 of them. And oh we're like kind of picking up our pace. Thankfully, we're much taller than them. And I'm going down, we're going down a bank to a road. And I remember thinking that was a little blessing. I, I looked down to see where I was going. And when I looked back up to see what was happening, a bottle went right past my nose and smashed on the curb. I was like, I came this close to getting a bottle, like right in the head. And we oh, got down and we, we walked and we walked around a corner. And as soon as they were like out of sight, that's when we ran. I was like, I can't believe I'm running from a bunch of kids, but I have to. It, it was, it was really, it was unfortunate. It was, it was such a good lesson. I remember teaching it to, uh, to some youth later on. And I was like, how could have all of that been avoided by not making fun of someone's mom? <laughs> like <laughs> keeping your mouth shut. Mm. Had you just been like, Hey guys, that's not a very nice thing to say about the savior. I mean, it's Jesus Christ. You should show more respect. Something like that. You know, maybe if had we seen them the second time, they would have not cared or they would have been like, Hey, you know, and that would have been it. So there are consequences to all our actions and all the things we say. You just don't know when those consequences are coming. Yeah. Oh man. What a story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what other areas did you serve in? Um, Falkirk. Dundee. Um, you know what? Do you do you mind if I just get up really quick? I have my photo album. I do. I had a. I remember cutting it out and I circled all the areas and I put one, two, so because I, I knew I'd forget. So can I quickly run and grab it? Yeah, of course. Somehow I feel like we've heard the your companion side of that story. Yeah, I'm Are trying to remember. I'm trying to remember who it yeah. was. I remember being in my first area too and there was a thing at the time called the jesus revolution and there basically like some like a church came over from the states because the um the the pope had said that scotland was the most um oh let's what did he say I can't remember the exact words, but basically like uh, the most rebellious or, or, or the least um, religious country or something like that. I mean, basically it was just going downhill in his words or something. So this, this group came over and they set up in Aberdeen and my, my zone leaders went there to check it out in their P day clothes. And, uh, they're like, yeah, we sat in there and basically they would just be like, praise Jesus. And everyone yelled at them. They just like playing their guitars and banging on the drums. And then they'd go and like they had a skate park set up. It was like they're, they weren't teaching anything. They're just trying to get kids there to like uh, basically just say they love Jesus without teaching them anything and entice them with like skate park rules. And they were handing out like tons of anti-Mormon stuff. 
and I remember, I remember finding out like there was, we had a sister. Uh, I think it was Sherry Smith. Was it? I remember, yeah, I think so. Sister Smith, I think. Ah, so bad with names. Anyways, she was from a little Utah town that had like 800 people in it. It's like everyone was a member, she said. And she had never once heard anyone speak poorly about Prophet Joseph Smith. <laughs> and they were like just bad mouthing him. And I guess she cried. Like she was so, she was tearful. And this guy was like laughing that he's like, yeah, I made one of them cry. And I was so angry about that. But it was great because the authorities actually went there and started like questioning them and they didn't have any kind of permit to set up and do what they were doing. So they were like forced to take everything down and go back to the States. So, wow. yeah. So let's see. I got, um, okay. So yeah, Aberdeen was first, then Greenock, Then I went to Dundee then Falkirk. And then a huge area of like, all right, then, sorry, just around Glasgow, it's a small little area, but then my last area was like Dumbarton all the way up to Oban. So, okay. I didn't get to serve on any islands, but uh, I don't know. Did you guys ever get to serve on any of the islands? Because I thought that would have been kind of fun. I did, and you weren't yeah. missing too much. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do remember there was this. <laughs> this brother from from France, and he was big. He was like just built like a brick, and he was on a bus. And if you guys are, recall, everyone smoked everywhere, including on buses. Yeah. And he was on the bus, and I guess he told this guy, he was like, "Put out your cigarette," and the guy was like, "No." <laughs> And he headbunted him and knocked him out and put out a cigarette. And he he told he told the mission president what he did. And I guess the mission president just kind of laughed and was like, well, Riley, I mean, you shouldn't do that. And so he sent him to the show. <laughs> <laughs> But, so I, I I tracked down who it was that was your companion in that oh. rock fight. It was Chad Van Leuven. That's right. Yes. <laughs> he yeah. told that story. He's been on our podcast. So you'll have oh to go back in and, and watch that one because uh, I, that was a memorable story for Jack and I. We were both laughing our heads yeah. off. Like I, I knew I'd heard that. Oh, that's yeah. when, you, when you said that he said, no, that's your mom. I was like, we've heard that story before. We had to track it down. So <laughs> go back and listen to that. You'll get a kick out of it, Jeff. Oh, man. Yeah. Which which one was that? Like, how long ago was that? Because I need uh, to see that. I'll look it up. <clears throat> That's too funny. <laughs> no, it was a great story. And like I said, you'll, you'll appreciate it all the more because you had first, first, first witness of it. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing his side of it as well. Like his point of view. That's <laughs> funny. Uh, yeah, it's his, been so long. His episode is episode 116. On our podcast list. Okay, I'll remember that. Which episode is this? Uh, you're 148. Okay, 116. Yeah. Um, trying to think if there's any other good stories. I did have 
a lot of I, I'm sure you got this too. Just I guess people are just so sick of seeing missionaries all the time that I remember being with my trainer and we they had hedges. This one house had like there's a thin little path and hedges on both sides. And we went up to the door and we knocked on it, and this little old lady answered. Well, I mean, I don't know how old, maybe like in her mid sixties, but she sees us and she just happened more man. And I was like, whoa, it's get away from me. It's get out of here. And we're like, okay, okay. Just say you're not interested. So we turn around to leave and we're walking down this path. And just at that moment, her husband pulled up in the car and he gets out and he's at the other end and he starts swearing at us. And we're like, can we, can we leave? Like, just, just berating us. It was so Man. like you look back and it's funny, but then I'm just like, I can't believe like so many people hate this because like it seems so natural to just join the church. It's like, why isn't everyone joining this church? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But, um or or you know, they, they teach you different things to say when they when you knock on a door, and one of them is like Hi, you know, you introduce yourself from the church, Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, um, just sharing a message about Christ. And you could say something like, are you very religious? And I remember saying that one to this guy and he, he goes and he goes, what do you think? And he's holding his shirt and then he slams the door and I look over and I was like, what, what is Rangers or Celtic? I was going to say oh, this exactly. <laughs> and I was like, I don't get it. And my companion's like, he's he's a Celtic fan. He's Catholic. I'm like, huh? What are you talking about? <laughs> That's how I learned about that. That's I ended up becoming a Rangers fan. <laughs> so you're a Protestant. How about that? <laughs> yeah. That's it. I like the color blue. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. So, uh, so another thing we ask people on here is, any particular memories you have with the uh, mission presidents and their wives memories of them? Oh man. I don't know about you, but I, I can't remember which, which president's wife it was, or if it was just like what they all did. But whenever it was, it was definitely like my first one. Yeah. My first mission president's wife would for your birthday would make cookies about this big. Do you guys get that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, was, yeah that, was that just a thing that every mission president's wife did? Because Fister Black in the mission home actually made those cookies. We found out. Oh, it wasn't and, okay. I thought it was like the, the <laughs> wife. So I was like, "That's amazing." Yeah. Those well, they they came from the mission president's wife. Oh, okay. But yeah, Sister Wilkinson and Sister Greens took took full advantage of Sister Black's work. So thank you, Sister Black. Yeah. Um. And I can't remember. Oh, like I, said, I can't remember the names of the mission presidents that I had, but I was lucky enough that I had one for a full year, and then he left because they have like a three-year service, right? Yeah, you started with the Wilkinsons. That's it. With the yeah. brains. Okay, thanks. You remembered. So yeah, and I remember thinking how how like they they definitely um, had different teaching styles. But how much I appreciated both of them, like Wilkins, like uh, President Wilkins was um, 
very he not strict, but you know, he was firm. He was a firm guy. And I I felt more like um who was the second one, sorry? President Brains. Brains. He was I mean he was firm too, but he, he felt more like like a grandpa. You know, like it's someone that, that you could like relax with. And I, I loved both um for the various reasons because their teaching styles were just so different, but both were equally effective. So it was a real blessing to be able to to learn from both of them and learn the different styles so that that you know it helps in whatever situation you might be in, depending on who responds to what in what manner. So yeah. Um I don't have a whole lot of memories with them because I didn't see them very often, unfortunately. I never got to serve in the mission home at all. Um but yeah, I Yeah, Zach and I are in that same boat. We didn't serve in Edinburgh or in yeah. the mission home or anything, but yeah. I did love seeing the military tattoo. That was fantastic. Like, that is a great tradition. One of the highlights for sure. It's so cool. Um, we've we've heard since the mission is merged that they don't do that anymore. So uh, for those of us that served in the wow. SEM, we we got really fortunate that that was our cultural experience every year. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of that too, I remember. So um, was it Burns Night when they do all the uh, fireworks? Is it is that guy guy fox? Guy fox. I I knew. Yeah, I couldn't remember the name. Um, but they. I think they since banned fireworks. But when I was there, anyone could buy them, and they were everywhere. (laughs) And I remember people setting off fireworks in the middle of the street, and instead of going up, they would go like down the street. It was hilarious, scary, but you would like wake up. Pretty wild. And yeah, you just hear bang, bang, like all the time for days and you can just smell the sulfur in the air. But one of the coolest memories I have, and I wish I could like remember it vividly, but I just, I just remember the feeling of how crazy it was to see, but we were at a dinner appointment and the members were in a high rise and they were near the top level. And I went out onto their balcony and I just looked all the way left and I just scanned all the way and it was like a war zone it's like constantly and That's i was like so this true. is unbelievable <laughs> like this is the best fireworks show i've ever had in my life <laughs> so i do miss that but then i remember hearing it was like a couple of years later i think i'd, I'd already gotten home that, the, that they had banned that that they didn't allow people to just buy fireworks anymore like that no, we definitely had the same experience as you, Zach. And when, when did you guys serve? I, I, fireworks everywhere. Yeah. I served uh, 2004 to 2006, so you and I actually overlapped probably by a few months. Um, yeah. And, then, and Jack Jack trained me from 05, oh, January 05 to January 07. Oh, no kidding. Okay. Nice. Yeah. yeah. But, we, uh, but we can confirm that there were fireworks. Guy Fox and I didn't matter. Yeah, there was no preventing. There was no preventing that. It didn't. Even, it didn't even have to be fireworks. They just go set a pile of crud on fire in the middle of the street and yeah. fire engines all night long. It was unreal. Well, and you know, speaking of that, and I have pictures of it. 
I was I was shocked. Like in my second area in in, in Greenock, this is where I learned this. Um, I just finished eating something, and I looked at. I'm looking around, and I ask my companion. I'm like, "Where's the garbage can?" And he's like, "Just throw it on the ground." I was like, "What do you mean?" He goes, he "Goes throw it on the ground." I was like, "I can't do that." He's like, "People are paid to pick it up." He said, "I had the same question, and I asked a police officer, and that's what they told me: just throw it on the ground. People will pick it up." Because <laughs> so all the Neds are starting the the garbage cans on fire, so they got they just removed the garbage cans. And I was like, <laughs> "You gotta be kidding me!" But there was a street in Greenock that it was like landmines. It was just like um, styrofoam chippy, you know, containers or or you know, Indian food, um, curry, whatever. And they they were just like dropped still some food in them and just like all over the street. I'm like, I don't think they hired enough people. Like, <laughs> like no one's going to pick up all of this. This is ridiculous. So, I, I mean, I don't know if you guys noticed that, but it was, it seemed like just backwards. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I found him. I found elder, uh, which you said, Van Van Leuven. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's some of the some of the things here. Um, one of the one of the other companions I came across that we've interviewed is uh, from your time at Dundee was Alec Gilmore. Yes. Yeah. I was in a, a tripanionship with him, if you will. Yeah. Okay. Because I remember he's he's half Scottish and half Navajo. That's right. right? Yeah. He yeah. had the he Red had Hawk. the coolest. He had a flag like an American flag and it was American flag, but superimposed on it was um, like a, a, a native warrior on a, on a stallion that was jumping. It was, it was like, that's the, it looked really cool. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah. I, I have some, some fun memories with him too. And uh, I think he, if he remembers, I hope not. I remember kind of like losing, not losing my cool, but getting very frustrated with this one guy that, we were talking to him and like it's okay you could have just let that go i was like just wouldn't answer the question <laughs> he was getting so frustrated <laughs> or no he was like because yeah he'd call us mormons and we were told you know like uh you know to explain that that was just a nickname and we're from the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints and this one guy at the door was like nah i'm pretty sure you've always been called mormons <laughs> he's like that's not true. You were always Mormons. And I, I was just getting so annoyed. And I, I wish if I could do, if I could give my younger self any kind of advice, it'd be like, just ignore them. Anytime there's any kind of confrontation, just say, okay, have a nice day and leave. But being an arrogant youth, I just want to like get in either the last word or prove myself right. And it's like, that doesn't work. You can't do that. <laughs> so. Was your trio mate uh, Hunter Franks? Does that ring? Yes, well? it was. Look at us. We're, we're just we're we're, we're, we're pulling them out. I love all it. this down because <laughs> well, I have well, other pictures, and I'm like, I recognize <laughs> you. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, Hunt, yeah, Hunter. He had he had like a like a Texan, not a Texan accent. He had something. Midwestern, I don't know. I, I don't know where all the accents are from, but he 
it was like a cowboy accent. He was a pretty cool guy. Yeah, I, I like serving with both those guys. I oh, I think it was with them actually. We were we were um, having a Christmas dinner, and the the people we were with the the wife was a crosswalk guard, and she had some sparkling wine or whatever. Like you know, like it's supposed to be like non alcoholic. Well, I'm drinking it because she got a gift. It was from like one of the kids. And I'm drinking it and I'm like, can I see that bottle? Because <laughs> no. I drank alcohol before, before I joined the church. And they're like, yeah, sure. And it's 5% alcohol and we're all drinking it at the table. <laughs> and I'm like, this is alcoholic. And I think it was Elder Gilmore. He's like, oh no, it tastes so good though. Because <laughs> he didn't want to stop drinking it. <laughs> oh, That's amazing. <laughs> So yeah, they're like, oh, we're so sorry. I'm like, <laughs> just because if I wouldn't have noticed it, it's like, would we have gotten drunk? I don't know. But I could tell. I was like, mm, this tastes familiar. <laughs> you would have Gilmore. slept really, really well that night. I'm sure you're sure of it. <laughs> yeah. Gilmore's episode 49. If you want to watch that one too, I gotta write all these down. You know, make a note of so 49 and. 49 and 116, you said? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to make a note of that. Sorry, uh, we don't have we don't have uh, more of your companions on that I have reference of that I could just keep slinging them, but I'm glad we, we got a couple of them down here. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's cool. That's What a small world, I guess, hey? And that, yeah. that's great, because it's funny, because I was trying to think, like, how do I contact anyone that's been in the mission that I served with. So the other person that you might be familiar with um, from your MTC group that we've interviewed is Charlie Alger. If you remember Elder Alger. It sounds familiar. What does he look like? Uh, he's a, a handsome, handsome lad from the state of Colorado. Lives in Utah now. I, I should I know big, white, big white guy. I know Charlie will listen to this, and if I say anything else, he'll he'll send me a message and be irate that I said something bad about him. Well, I'm wondering, because I do remember there was, and I can't remember if it's him or not, but there was one elder that I got along with really well, and I'm just going to see if I have his, I know I have his picture here. And the people that he remembered from your MTC group were Monty Annika, McKay Miller, Toby Gibbs, and Ben West. If any of those ring a bell, I don't know. In our documentation of of MTC groups that we have, what what was his name? Charlie Alger. Okay, no, I actually I do have. I'm just looking. I did. I managed to get some names. So I guess Elder Elder Johnson was my MTC companion, and Elder Martin. Uh, was the he was from the states? He and I got along really well. Okay, nice. Yeah. So, did they both go to Scotland as well? No, Elder Johnson ended up going to um, Ireland. Okay. And he he was he was telling me how much he could only pack like so much. It was so little that he could yeah. take because that plane. So, um, and Elder Martin, I I'm trying to remember if he ended up serving in England though. I can't recall because I don't think I saw him after that. 
But I had their names written down, so good for me. There you go. Very good. <laughs> I've done that with everyone else. <laughs> um, trying to think if there's anything else. Like there, there were some some other like uh, bapt. Oh, there was one lady that I think my companion baptized. <laughs> um, she. She was elderly, and so was and her husband. Were like they both were, and she was learning, and she really wanted to be baptized, but she was having trouble smoking, and she even had like um, a little oxygen uh, machine, I think. And she asked for a blessing, and so my companion gave the blessing, and and she was able to quit, like, and she didn't need her tank anymore either. It was like one of the coolest things I've ever seen. So yeah, she she's like, I don't have a craving for cigarettes anymore, and I feel fine. I haven't needed my tank, and so we continued teaching her, and then eventually she did get baptized. And I, I can't recall what her name was, but that was that was a great story. Was, yeah, um, I another you know usually you learn lessons through failure, and as a new member, I failed a lot, so. Um, there was, there was this one time, like the very first time I'd ever given a blessing for healing. I'd given one of comfort before this, but giving one for healing, I'd never done before. And I mean, the, the concept of giving a blessing was very new to me, you know, cause sure. you know, so I was like, okay, I, I'd, I'd witnessed it. I'd never done it, but I was the district leader and I had a senior, senior, there was a senior sisters that were companions and one of them had an issue with her foot. And I remember her looking at me saying, I want you to heal my foot. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, is that how this works? (laughs) Uh, It's a miracle, I suppose. Oh, okay. So I'm giving her a blessing and I did not have the inspiration to say that, but I said it anyways. My inspiration was to say, you know, Heavenly Father has given medical professionals training and they're here to help you. And I felt like she should go and see them. But in my head, I'm like, she told me to say that her foot will be healed. So I did. I said what she wanted, and I I think maybe we both learned a lesson there. You know, like I ever since then I've always just allowed the words to flow out of my mouth, not really like thinking, but not like making them my own. Um, and maybe she learned to, you know, you know. If you if you ask for what you want, you might not get exactly what you've asked for. I don't know what kind of lessons she learned, but I do. I remember her companion looking at me with this look. It's like she knew she knew that I I said the words that I shouldn't have, and I felt ashamed. So that's it was it was a strong lesson for me to uh, to follow the spirit. Uh, but you know, step by step. Yeah. I don't think there's anything else. There's, I mean, there's gotta be lots. I'll probably come up with like a dozen stories after we stop talking, but um, 
here's here's our invitation to you, Jeff. As those memories start coming, write them down. And we can always have a part two episode where we can go through your other memories. And if you come across companions and people that you remember, you know, we, we would love to have you on again if that's if that's what we need to do, because ultimately we've we've got we've covered a lot tonight. I mean, I'm sure you never sat, sat down with what you thought was limited memories. And we've spoken for well over an hour now yeah. and uh, it's been a lot of fun. So really, yeah. thank you for for your time and coming on tonight. It's been great. And when you listen to Gilmore and Van Leuven, that's going to be even more. That's right. Oh, probably, yeah. And, you know, like, I think the, the main, one of the main blessings I found serving in Scotland, because here in, in Creston, we always ask, where are you guys from? And it's always the same. Utah, 95% of the time. You know, maybe it's like a, a, a neighboring state, but it's, it's that maybe we'll get a Canadian. Very rarely, but um, you know, serving there, we served with so many different people from different countries like Ghana, South Africa, France, Italy, um, Finland. Actually, <laughs> the, the elder from Finland, he's like, Do you know why Finnish women are so beautiful? And I said, Why? I was like, I don't know. He goes, because my ancestors came here and stole all the pretty girls. <laughs> well, I was like, well, I guess you're not wrong. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that's that's but, classic. Yeah. I, and I, I remember like serving with one sister that was from France and she was just a spitfire. And I, I, we've reconnected on, on Facebook. Her name was, Sister Darlene de la Derriere, and um, she yeah. she was like just short, and she she you didn't want to mess with her though. Like she had so much energy and spunk, and she um, her and and her companion uh, oh Sherry Stevens, that's who it was, not Smith. Sherry Stevens. Um, she uh, and uh, Sister D, we just call it because her name was so long. Because I was still, I was still with uh, Aaron Smith, and because we were both Canadian, Canada Day was July first, and they showed up to our to our apartment with like like I, I can't remember they had like a cake or a I have a picture of it somewhere like stack of pancakes or something like Happy Canada Day, and they had like flags, and I don't know where they got them from, but they had like I think they had like maple leaf hats. Like it was, it was so wow. Funny. It was just like, what a thoughtful thing to do, you know, to to do for us. So yeah, it was a good memory. And anyways, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, well, Jeff, just to kind of wrap us up here a little bit tonight, like I said, as the memories keep flowing, send send me a message, and we'll certainly figure it out. Sure. But uh, we just want to express to you our love as our brother in Scotland. I mean, you came on to this, you didn't know Jack and I from Adam, but uh, we shared some great memories of wonderful places that we love in Scotland. And we got to serve in that magical land. And uh, just know that you have a, a great extension of brotherhood and sisterhood from serving in that land. So uh, again, we love you and are grateful for your service there in that country. Well, thanks. I really appreciate you guys reaching out um, to do this. And it's, 
what a wonderful thing that you guys are are doing to to help um, elders and sisters, you know, relive some old memories and and maybe even like reconnect with old friends. So yeah, thanks. Oh yeah, absolutely. When this when this gets published, if anybody uh, asks for your contact information, I'll just push them straight to you, just so you know. So perfect. Yeah, that'd be great. Awesome. Well, good. Right. Well, Jeff, again, we we appreciate you. Um, we will certainly be in touch more soon, but uh, we'll say cheerio to you tonight, and we'll talk again, all right? All right. See you guys. All right. Cheerio, Jeff. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.